wake up and get out of bed. Don't delay your sleepy head. Grab a seat on the couch. Listen to what we're talking about in a Saturday morning pajamas. Hello and welcome, for yourself a bowl of cereal, grab a spot on the couch, and join us in our Saturday morning pajamas. I'm your host, Jax, here with AJ. And we're on another little road trip. Uh, this time we have to drive for fucking ever to take our car in to get um, some electrical maintenance thingy. Basically, my music ain't working and I'm pissed. Yeah. So what better way to kill this hour plus road trip just one way than to record a podcast? Yep. And we were trying to figure out, well, what can we record? And that's when we realized we saw Star Trek Beyond, like, the week it came out or the week after it came out and never recorded. Yeah, we completely, we just completely dropped the ball on that one. And really, that sums up the movie in itself. It's... It's entertaining, and it's good, but it's it's forgettable. That's not to say we don't like it, and we're going to get into that, but here's just, let me just sum up what I mean by forgettable. This is going to be a movie, and after a couple more sequels, you're going to come back to and go, this is great. Why don't I ever remember this? And it's, as AJ put it after the film, it's like a really long Star Trek episode. It's, it, it, it's a good episode, but it's a long Star Trek episode. Everything ends up... The, the way the movie ends is everything is still status quo. Which actually is most of the movies, but... Uh, no, there's usually at least one change or another. True. Um, and, and the whole point of a movie is you're going to get the big epic story. I mean, that's what Star Trek, the movies were built on, is that you're going to get the big changes and whatnot, you know. Maybe the Enterprise will get destroyed again. You know, maybe we'll go. Maybe we'll see someone die again. The Enterprise did get destroyed. That again, again. Well, you know, we, yeah, it. You know, well, we just head right into the plot, and we'll give you some more thoughts about that little stats there a bit later. Yep. So um, I'm going to take most of this since um, the plot was. We cannot do ten o'clock movies anymore. Just saying someone, no names, fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, you know what, I did. I, I, I we, we went to a, what, 10.30 showing? Something like that. And, we're, you know, we decided to get to the theater with the comfy seats, which, you know, I love. But at 10.30 at night, my body just kind of went, nope. Reclining not, chair, day of work. You're going to fall asleep. Yeah. So, let's see what plot I can remember. <laughs> All right, so we start out and... This might be slightly out of order. Spock gets some message from some gets some new Spock gets news about Spock's prime's passing. Uh, Kirk is trying. Uh, they're on a leave at a space station, like a really really fancy one. Kirk's excited because he's kind of kind. He's gotten bored with just traveling through space. He wants something new, and he's trying. He's trying to apply for a position to work at the space station. And he wants to put Spock in charge, but Spock is actually thinking about leaving as well to take over Spock's prime Spock Prime's position, I believe it was. Um, no, but then I, no one I knows think, anything. I don't know what it... They, they, I don't think they ever really covered that. I think it was more along the lines of he's just he wants to leave because he wants to focus on helping to rebuild uh, New Vulcan. There we go. That was it. Okay. And he, you know, rebuild New Vulcan as in he wants to get it on 
Yeah. Make babies. And they're having trouble because him and Yuhura are having a little bit of uh, trouble. Well, no, they're not. Well, they're not having trouble. It's you know, she doesn't want kids and he does. She's a smart woman. Yes, she is. <laughs> Especially with Spock. Your family got weirdness. So, oh, uh, real quick. While we're t- while we're talking about it and we're in this point of the movie. You remember the controversy that started with this movie? You know, people are all up in arms about how they made, you know. Oh, the big, made. big deal that Sulu was gay. Yeah. Because, you know, he's out wearing a rainbow flag, um, string bikini, and waving the pride flag. And, and he's just sitting there in his pilot seat sucking cock. Yeah, no. No. They get off the plane. They get off the plane. They get off of the ship at <laughs> the space station. Well, because they had the crowds that you used to see when you get off the ship greeting family and friends. Okay. They get off the ship, and hey, there's a man holding like a little two, three-year-old daughter, and Sulu smiles when he sees him. The guy smiles when he sees Sulu, and he and they walk they, over. And then they hug. They hug, and they all walk off together. Yeah. You know, they could That's have, it. They could have been really close brothers. They could have, you know, it could have been anything. They, the, the, there was a little bit more affection Right. Shown I, in the hug. I said really but, close. Yeah, but the th- <laughs> but the thing is, yeah, I, I mean, if you're a parent who doesn't is, if you're one of those people who's like, I can't have this because I can't explain it to my children. Yeah. You could if the children are too young for them to understand. Apparently, you could have easily explained if you if you had a problem with it and you didn't want to explain it to your kids, you easily could have just said, Oh, they're brothers. Yeah. It's there's nothing more, and it's like it's the serious, the smallest non-issue ever. Yeah. Exactly. So that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, her and Spock did break up actually, and she asked if she'd like to return this necklace that Spock gave her, which has this kind of metal or something in that. It, it's says it's no. a piece of metal from uh, Vulcan. Yeah. That can only be found on Vulcan, the original Vulcan. Yeah, and this is part of the plot, which is why I mention it. <laughs> he says no. A gift, Vulcan gift, is a Vulcan gift. Keep it. Okay. So while they're on the space station enjoying their few days relaxation, this skate pod shows up and there's a woman who's saying that something's going on on this planet, she needs help. So they send out Starfleet because there's, or Starfleet, uh, she sends out Enterprise because they have the most, the best ship on the planet that's currently, like, actually able to fly. They have the most advanced ship. Yeah. Apparently the rest are being built or some crap. I don't know. So, they head out with the woman. Oh, look, it's a booby trap. Or not, it's a trap. Uh, apparently, someone, t- whoever's on the planet told the woman, if you don't bring them back, I will kill all your people. Yeah. Did we ever see her people when she got on the planet? No, and the thing is, that's not tr- true anyway. She kind of reveals her true colors that she actually was just working with them anyway. Oh, she, I forgot that part. But, yeah, it's just... So it's really strange. It's they get to the planet and the Enterprise is destroyed because all the space, all the stuff's in space around it. Yeah, plot gets destroyed. People get separated because that's when we'll see the real colors. Yeah. So we have Scotty and um, Chekhov together, right? Scotty and Chekhov are together, and then Chekhov or or is it Bones? No, no, Bones and um, Bones and Spock are together. Bones and Spock, okay. Scotty ends up by himself. Uh, Kirk and Chekhov. 
Someone had Chekhov. Fuck Chekhov. Chekhov's dead. Not in the movie. Um, <laughs> but that's, I remember us talking about before the movie how she's no, to get a lot yeah. of screen time. Whatever of, what happened to Anthony Elton, it's a fucking tragedy. That, and the way he went, that, I, I don't wish that on anyone. That's awful. Yeah, it, and it's, it's it, for those who don't know, he got home really late and put his car in park. And the uh, there's there was a known issue with his car about that there was actually an active recall out for saying come in because of an issue with the brakes or the uh, the e brake or something, and the car rolled and he got crushed. Yeah. Uh, so pay attention to your recalls, people. But it's tragedy and it's it's it's, an awful, sucks. it's an awful thing that happened. And he was such a good actor too. And I'm everyone. Who's that, who had ever worked with him will most likely miss him because he he seemed like he was that kind of a really awesome guy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've seen him in plenty of things. I saw him in Alpha Dog. I saw him in Charlie Bartlett. Um, yeah, what kids crime movies I watched when I was younger. Um, I and, know he's been in others, and he was just he. I really liked him in everything I saw him in. Anyway, back to the movie. Um, where Chekhov was in the movie doesn't really matter because he had, he served almost no purpose in the movie. Sure. I just thought he was with somebody, but whatever. No. Uh, so, Scotty and Bones are trying to find help. Kirk is off trying to find help. The majority of the people, we ever, majority of the people we haven't mentioned, were all captured by the a, the aliens on the planet. Yep. And their leader, Baldy McNasty. Yep. Who is played by Il- Idris Elba? Yes. Which, God damn, I love him as an actor. He's oh, so good. He's great. So, excuse me, head on. Something, something happens. Kirk runs into Jaya, which is an alien, another person on the planet. Her crew felt have a similar fate as to the one of uh, Kirk's crew, where they're brought there under a trap. Yep. And she, she and Kirk pal around, and they help each other out. Um, plot, plot, plot. Um, everyone, everyone gets together that was separated from the main crew. They find a, uh, they find a crashed Starfleet vessel. Well, from like they, didn't, years they don't ago. find it. The girl who was there Jay was using it as a home. Yeah, and apparently back hundred years ago, they had cloaking devices, so things and yeah, still that, works. Yeah, I, and it's invisible. So I'm looking for Wonder Woman's invisible jet next episode. And they decide, they start using the ships. They're able to get some of it working again. They start beaming up whoever they can find. So they get Bones. They get some, Scott, um, they get, they get, they get bone. They get Bones and they get, um, Spock. Spock, who they start, who they beam up first. And then they, and then they make up their plan to go save everyone. And part of the whole plan. Part the way they find them is because, hey, guess what? Remember that piece of jewelry that Uhura had? Well, she go, she's going to go ahead and we're going to reveal that that's the, that gives off a radioactive signature that is very so, unique. Unique, so unique that you can pinpoint it. As Kirk says, so you gave your girlfriend a tracking device. Yes. <laughs> and Spock just kind of gave him a look like, yeah, I guess so. Yep. He's very logical, so he's not going to deny it. Well, but he also says, that was not of my intention. True. So they then make a plan where they're going to get everyone and they're going to 
all infiltrate the little base the bad guys are at and then be able to get they can only do certain groups of like 20 or so I think yeah um they're basically going to go in waves and each one's going to beam up some people so they can get everybody safely back onto this new ship yep because then we'll figure out what to do next and they've got to distract everyone along the way because if they start noticing that people go disappearing they're going to have a lot more cover for them yeah so what shall we use to distract them I know there's a freaking motorcycle on the ship and Kirk's going to take it and he's going to drive it around and just be a nuisance Granted, there is some kind of technology thing there where you can kind of like duplicate or move him around. So there's multiple Kirks. I don't recall and, uh, that too what, what they did was they used the um, the ho- hologram. Uh, um, hard light projectors. Let's put it that way. Okay. Because that's what it is in the Star Trek universe. Um, they used the, uh, some sort of hard, hard light projector to show to make Kirk appear in all these different areas. Okay. At once. Yeah. Um, not, not to take anything away from the scene was actually really cool. Uh, this movie was directed by the guy that did like Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, so yep. makes sense there's some car action in there. But and that uh, they just had to throw in a motorcycle. I'm still of the opinion of why was there a motorcycle there, but I'll save that rant for later. <laughs> so everyone gets safe. Everyone gets safe, and then they're all on the ship, and they find out the ship is actually now going to go and attack the space station. And so now they have to fly this thing and go save it. And somehow they get the 100-year-old ship to fly. And they get to the base. And they find out that the original captain of the old spaceship... Is actually the villain, played by Idris Elba. Yes. Because they found some sort of alien technology on there. It kept him alive by draining people's brains or some such garbage. I don't know. It also mutated him to look like, you know, an alien. Yeah. But then he had the ability to change back so he could look like his former self at one point. Yeah, you know what? That whole thing, it was... Not to take away, it was pretty cool. It was cool. While you're watching the movie, it's like, this is awesome. Uh It's not until afterwards you start going, What? Wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. In fact, I didn't even think about it until we're talking about it right now. I'm going, yeah, what the fuck was up with that? (laughs) Anywho... There is now a airplane now on the space station. There is a chase involving. A, I don't want to say chase, but there, basically, the ship flies in the atmosphere of the space station because it's that big, yeah. and flying through tunnels and all this stuff because they're that big. Um, long story short, we good guys win, baddie fails. Uh, he actually gets like it was he got ejected out into space or something. Did he? Yeah, yeah. he did. He did so mm. so he's gone and um they all win and then they all at the end celebrate kirk decides to stay on spock decides to stay on and they all have drinks at the bar for kirk's birthday and cue credits and the film was dedicated to it was de- it was dedicated to um uh oh um spock prime i can't think the actors. Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. And uh, Anton Yelchin. 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 Okay. Yelkin, Yelchin. It's dedicated to both of them, which is kind of sweet. Yeah. Da, da, da. So now we have, that we've gone through the plot, we have a few little things we wanted to mention, but first we're going to take a quick break, hear from a couple of my fellow podcasters, and we will be right back. 
Hey guys, this is Bill. This is Phineas. And together, we're the Tattooed Bananas. We do a comedy podcast, and on our comedy podcast, we talk about all kinds of wacky crap, like... Nutscaping. I'll tuck you in tonight. Turning your funeral into a funeral. Can I have an ice pop? Can I have a candy? Dick fishing, furniture banging, and so much more. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and connect with us with the Potter and Family hashtag on Twitter. Yeah, don't forget to check out the Instagram. Throw a bag of bagels at someone's head. Hey everybody, this is Justin with the Mysterious Circumstances Podcast, where we cover lesser-known cases that have happened under mysterious circumstances, of course, including uh, murder, disappearance, and maybe even a little bit of the paranormal. So come on out, check out a few episodes, and who knows, you just might like it. Okay, we're back. You should definitely give those friends of ours a shout-out when you get a chance. You know, we always love to hear, you know, new listeners, and so do they. So, now for our, well, I'm going to be calling our what-the-fuck moments. And these are just moments where we're like, wait a damn minute, something's going on here. One of which we already went over, the whole, his, the, um, villain's powers, how he got them, they kind of just gloss over it. How did this one guy manage to take over the entire alien species? Well, he didn't take over the entire alien species. If you noticed, all the people that were following him were all different aliens. So how did he... He used the technology to pull down the ships the same way that he did the Enterprise. But the first ones had to be a little bit more difficult. And how did he overpower those ships? I, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I can't explain that one away. Plus, I fell asleep, so there's a lot of it. There's a lot of bits that I are still kind of blank in my memory. Oh, yeah, and I was gone for like a few minutes because I had to pee, so... <laughs> we both missed small, bit, small bits of the movie. Yeah. Luckily, not over at the same time. Um, mine is the motorcycle. That's the most glaring one, just because um, I, I I understand. We were talking about this before. AJ said maybe he's a motorcycle enthusiast. Why did? Yeah. So why not leave the motorcycle at home where it's safe instead of on the damn ship where you can't use it? Well, when else when else are you going to get to ride a bitchin' motorcycle on a pl- on an alien planet? I don't know, but it just seems like dead weight to me. Probably, I know and they probably, considering the technology they explained on that is on that ship, where it doesn't have the power to to reach uh, terminal velocity or whatever escape velocity, yeah, from a planet. Um, yeah, I, I would consider that they probably want to get as little weight on that ship as possible. Yeah. Um, and then there's just the overall. The movie was written by Simon Pegg, so I really like that. It was done well, and it was, and it did well for making an ensemble cast movie. Yes, definitely, because it wasn't focused on just one person and the splitting up of people. They didn't focus just on one person the whole time, and then occasionally cut to there. No, they they split it pretty well with the different people. Yep. To let you know what was going on, so it, I think that's though part of what made it less memorable was because you can't go. That's the movie where Kirk did this, 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 and this, because you also saw what everyone else did. And, Everyone yeah. else survived, and it was written really well. Uh, other things I liked were they did really well with the different alien races. I thought and the makeup and all the special effects and things. There wasn't anything glaringly like, oh my god, CGI tastic. Ah, uh, yeah, there was. What? Um, I'll tell you. One of the most glaring CGI tastic scenes was the um, 
use of the hard light projector to cloak the um, to cloak the ship. It was kind of the invisible ship. Okay, yeah, that's kind of yeah. bad. Uh, okay, I'll give you that one. <laughs> But, you know, plus the massive amounts of tiny little ships that are used to destroy the Enterprise. So, nanobots. Yes, essentially. They're not really nano, but compared to the size of the Enterprise, Enterprise they, they are. Work, they work nano. Oh, when the Enterprise does get built down in the movie, just for the record, so. Yeah, that, okay, that's one, that's a what-the-fuck moment for me. Because in all the Star Trek movies, you have the Enterprise, one seventeen oh one, and then a letter designation. Usually the letter, letter designation is, you know, for A for the original start for the original Enterprise. And then you have B, C, and then you get to D, which is this Enterprise used in the next generation. Every time that the Enterprise is destroyed and rebuilt, it's upgraded, and it has, you know, it changes its letter designation. No, they kept this one as 1701A. After they rebuilt it. So you didn't, make any, so you didn't make any improvements, you're telling me? Yeah, they, they they just rebuilt the ship, and oh, it's the same old ship. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Whatever. That, that, yeah. But, you know, it, it's not the worst thing there. It's just it, it's just me being nitpicky at that yeah. point. Uh, but, it's and again, I'm more a casual fan. I, you've, I've seen, like, one-ish of the original movies, and that's with AJ's insistence. Yeah, and as the... I, she's seen... I think she's seen two. I, I got her to actually sit down and watch the first two of the original, you know, good trilogy, which is I had her watch uh, Wrath of Khan and The Search, of, Search for Spock. I still haven't gotten to, gotten her to sit down and watch um, The Voyage Home yet. I'll get to it. Um... But, no, but you've got to watch it. You've got to watch them in the 1980s San Francisco trying to save the whales. Oh, Lord. <laughs> that may have set us back a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but that's what we're going to do. Uh, we'll get to it. Uh, but as a casual fan, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was really good. I, I was entertained. I, it was worth my money. I would Next time I would go to an earlier showing. And I do want to see it again. Just give it that more of a chance. Because um, I do really like it at certainly better than the last one because the last one I was kind of like oh look it's Cumberbitch what's going on I, I don't know I, I can't re- I just remember Cumberbitch that's all I remember and then he's gone that's all I remember about the second one so I think this one's definitely a little better and it's almost like okay so I've heard the of the theory about the original series where all the even number ones were the good ones mm-hmm. for this series it looks like the odd number ones are turning out to be the better ones yeah um, I would have to agree on that. I'd have to actually look at which one was left off last because it could still, if you're just continuing them in accounting order, it could still be the even number ones are the good ones. True. So, here's the thing. As someone who actually is a, is a Trek fan, I'm not a huge Trek fan. I'm not, you know, I'm not delved so deep. I did read a few of the novels when I was a kid. You know, I'm not huge into it, but I have, you know. Slight cred. Slight cred, yeah, slight track cred. So, as a fan, here's my thoughts on it. Like I said, like we brought up earlier, it feels like it's a track episode. It feels like it's a good track episode, but it's a two hour long track episode. So, you know, 
everything kind of starts, the way everything starts off is the way it ends. Everyone's kind of in their place. No one dies. No one, you know, no one of importance dies. Yes. No one of the main cast dies. No, the ship is destroyed, but it's brought back to normal in the exact same ship. So, you know, like I said, it's just one of those weird things. Cue left track. Yeah. So, as for the movie... I, as we, what we brought up earlier, it's kind of forget. It's going to be one of those forgettable movies. I think it's going to end up being like uh, Star Trek V, which I cannot remember the name of, but it's the one where they search for God in space. So he's not giving me very glowing recommendations to watch these movies. I'm just saying they're good. They're good. They're some of them are cheesy as shit. But Whales in San Francisco. Oh no, that movie is awesome. It, 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 it's it's the comedic Star Trek movie. It's not made to be a comedy, but I mean, it has some really good funny parts. And being someone who lives in the Bay Area and lived in the Bay Area in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does this have a calculon? I'm sorry, Shatner's acting? Oh, yeah, it's Shatner. It's got Shatner's acting. It's um, The main lead is actually more um, Leap Nimoy in this. Mm-hmm. But it's actually pretty good. I, I really do enjoy it. Um, and it, you know, it's environmental message of save the whales. Okay. <laughs> Actually, it's more take care of the earth, but save the whales is part is kind of the big message. Oh, okay. So, anyway, okay. So it's kind of like how um, the cows in South Park. Yeah. How the aliens decide to only talk to the cows because they're obviously the more intelligent species compared to the citizens of South Park. Yes. Well. That's kind of what happens in the voyage home. <laughs> An alien comes to Earth to speak to the whales. And the whales are all dead in the future. Ooh, we fucked up. Yep. Okay. So we got it, we got it. Mm-hmm. Alright, well, do you have any more thoughts to say about uh, Star Trek Beyond? Um, no, you know, no more thoughts. Uh, just... Go see it if you want to see it. Give it a shot. I mean, I'm not... I Like I said, I fell asleep during the movie. She's not a huge Trek fan, so don't take us... Don't take our word for it. You know, go see it for yourself. Yeah. If you're not a huge fan, go matinee. I hear a lot of places do Tuesday cheap days. Yep. Check it out for sure. And if not, red box it, something. But it's very good. So I'd like to give a shout out to all of our listeners on Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play Music. Um... Spreaker? Spreaker, that's our one. <laughs> I remember the eight. So hi to all of you. Thanks for listening. If you haven't heard of some of these, definitely check them out because there's plenty more podcasts and entertainment available there. Um, and if you like this podcast even a little bit, maybe consider becoming a patron of ours. Check out nonoms.net and our tip jars at the top of the page. You can check out more information there. Um, we'll have more information on the blog post. And as always, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You know, what did you think? Did you see it? What should we do next? Let us know at the blog post at www.nonoms.net. Um, as well, you can reach out to me on Twitter at smp underscore jacks. So thank you all for listening, and we will see you in a few days. Bye. Bye.